0: Podcaster? I hardly know her. Hello, Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact, so keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast, and here's your host, Megan Bryant.
1: I felt really compelled to throw this episode together um, in light of all of the challenges that the world is facing right now. Um, in some ways, it can be scary, and in many other ways, it is a great opportunity for us to take a self-inventory of what are what are we doing with our lives? What's really a priority to us? How can we focus on overall wellness um, and sustainability of ourselves through the trying times? And so I reached out to several of my really good friends, people that I admire. They're in their um, unique industries that center on... The Health and Wellness of Our Mind, Bodies, and Spirit. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this. I had a great time listening to all of the insight uh, from a personal trainer of mine, or a personal trainer, well, I have worked out with her, a personal trainer friend of mine, a uh, mental wellness advocate, and a gal that does some incredible body work um, in the space of not only just like massage, but just like getting you in tune with all of your being. So uh, sit back and relax or take this on a nice walk um, and listen in as we explore some tips and tricks and thoughts about remaining well through the trying times that might face us in life. To kick things off on this episode is just a short segment from my interview with Angela London. She is the owner of London Wellness Solutions and her thoughts in this little segment really kind of summarized my intention behind putting this um, episode together. So we're going to kick it off with her and she's actually going to bookend it and bring the episode home a little bit later. Uh, but enjoy this little introductory segment by Angela.
2: Every single one of us is doing the very best they can with what they have in every moment.
1: I believe and until
2: Until each of us are willing to give up the gauge that says that I should somehow be more until we're, until we're ready to let that go. We're going to keep bumping up against this, this friction and this miserable state. But I I see the value of, of the person who flips me off driving down the road, uh, (laughs) is equally as amazing as the one that is standing on the corner, extending air hugs to people who need it, you know? every single one of us have value and none of us are an accident and where we're at is exactly where we're meant to be until we decide to change the story. Yeah. And sometimes we have to sit in our crap for a really long time, but it's exactly the way that it's meant to be. We can let go of regret because it's exactly the way it was meant to be. You've gone through really heinous crap in your life. You've gone through the pain of loving emphatically and deeply and and then going, wow, this isn't working. And there were probably lots of other feelings along the way. And there may still be a sense of that bastard. And he may have a sense of that bitch, right? Like it's part of the gift of "This this is who I say I am. And oh, it doesn't feel so good. So I want to. I want to. I want to shift that. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to find peace. This this idea of of the search for happiness is shifting, and more and more people are recognizing that happiness is a blessing, and it's like the the cherry on top. But if you have a cherry every day, it loses its appeal really fast. Mm. We need all of the rest of the ingredients to appreciate the cherry.
1: Yeah.
2: And we can't have it every day. We have to have all the other things that maybe we're not so fond of in order to really recognize the gift of joy and, and to seek more a balance of what is peace in our lives. Because I can hurt and I can grieve today. Even, even in my marriage with my amazing husband, I can still grieve some of the heartache from my past marriage and the, and the breakdown of that relationship, and it's okay. And without that grieving, giving myself permission to even go there, I deny myself the opportunity to continue to grow and recognize what I'm very grateful for.
1: Up next is a segment by my friend, Brooke Lacey. She has been a guest on the podcast before. Uh, We get along really well because we love to just giggle a lot while we talk through some of the things that are challenging in life. Uh, So if you're new to hearing about Brooke Lacey, she is a mental wellness advocate. She is the host of the podcast called Disrupting Stigma. You can find that anywhere that podcasts are streamed. Um, And she is just uh, the type of person that brings some fun perspective and lots of giggles uh, and also a, a real focus on why it's so important to just face the fact that there is a, a, an importance around the entire dialogue with mental health. So enjoy this segment with Brooke Lacey talking about our mind segment. So we're talking mental health, mental yep. wellness, the general scope of. I believe, and I think that that you agree that overall wellness has to begin inside our brain
3: inside our thoughts
1: inside Mm -hmm. the noggin upon our withered and weary bodies as we trudge through the life (laughs) i think
0: that if you don't recognize that like what's happening in your mind is you know if you think that it's it doesn't start there nothing else is going to be able to you know come to fruition you're not going to be able to have the sense about you to even go exercise or you know eat well because it it is all in your head. It's all starts in your in your
1: brain. Um, yeah. Well so you spend a lot of time trying to do your part in this world to break the stigma around mental illness. Yes. And really I think this the reason I admire your work so much is because you put such a strong emphasis on it being a mental wellness strategy, instead of staying in that victim mindset, which I believe even the words are super powerful of of being a mental wellness champion, instead of, you know, not that you necessarily call yourself that, but like being an advocate for mental wellness, instead of struggling with a mental illness, even though technically, they might fall in the same category. So let, I'm not sure where the best starting point is, but in in the work that you do, in the conversations that you have, in the the things you talk about on your own podcast, are there recurring themes that come up regardless, or like yeah. when things become particularly traumatic or um, uncertain in life? Certainly, it must elevate it, right? I mean, I'm not oh, yeah. totally sure what the, the best point point to start is. So. No, no,
0: totally. I think I think there's a couple of things that um, definitely has been happening for me, and you know, I always have to remind everyone's listeners that I'm not a therapist or a doctor. I just speak from my experiences and what you were saying. This is definitely what um, has really sparked the um, excitement, I guess, for people listening is that I do live successfully with mental illness diagnoses and turn it into a mental wellness. And, you know, we all suffer, but to what degree do we really suffer? And it's, it's a choice you can make. And for these sort of uncertain times, um, I was telling you earlier that, you know, I really am holed up in my house alone, and um, you know, my kid's back at his dad's, and and the only thing I have is me and my my Labrador Retriever to keep me company, uh, Coconut, and so I've had to really like r- really sit with it. Um, I have to stop sometimes because, um, as you know, and you know, your listeners maybe heard the last time we had talked. Um, I deal with, I live with PTSD and bipolar. So bipolar one means that I have manic episodes. So it's similar to anxiety, but really it's like just a super elevated um, mood. And so I get a lot done. Like I literally went out to the garage and just Marie Kondoed the whole thing. But um, still working on that. Uh, and for some people that would be like super overwhelming, but I, you know, looked forward to it, but then I burn out and then like the other things I need to do don't get done. And so, right. cause I get just so like, I could finish this in two hours and then five hours later. So I, what I really do is it, it's like a touchstone. You just kind of, whatever it is for you, it could be physical or it could be, um, for, for me, it's like, I have to stop and like breathe And I know a lot of people talk about taking deep breaths, but I actually, I learned this from somebody, um, recently that you actually want to push all of the breath out as hard as you can and, and then keep it out because you're, you're, you're kind of like, it's almost like anxiety when you take a deep breath you're like you know you don't want to do that you want to push your breath all the way out take a small deep breath in, or a small breath in and then keep pushing out because you're pushing out all that carbon dioxide
1: i'm trying it while you're demonstrating i'm I'm practicing (laughs) it while you're talking to see what see if it works
0: and you can feel like right at the end there it's almost like the you, you can feel the the extra carbon dioxide coming out and i I feel like this is a really specific thing to do and you will see a difference when, whenever I'm like a little bit manic or have having a a panic attack, you're already heightened. You're already like your heart race is going. If you start taking like deep breaths in, you're almost making it worse. Now (laughs) I'm not saying that that doesn't, that you know, that probably works for a lot of people. I am just telling you that sometimes what you really need to do is Get it's almost like getting the toxins out, whatever's in your lungs, and how apropos of the times right now, everything being about lungs. But right. I do feel like pushing all that out is super important. But the biggest thing is reaching out to people. The biggest thing, and now it's like I've been on so many Zoom calls. I I bought stock in the Zoom company um, because it's just did constant. you really? Yeah, I did. Not a girl. <laughs> that and, and Hasbro toys, because everybody's at home buying toys. on. And, 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 uh, uh, and Bitcoin has, has uh, been a good investment. Anyway, oh, um, don't spend a bunch of money. That's not the, that's not the answer. Please don't spend a bunch of money. Um, but I know, you know, a, a week or so ago, and your listeners know by now that we are good friends. And so, you know, a lot of stuff about me, but a couple of weeks ago, I kind of went through something professionally and I have something called adjustment disorder, which really, I think everybody does. Um, It's really based on like situational depression or situational anxiety where this, this situation I was in, I had to get out of, and it, I didn't know what, where to start. It was like, I was in the middle of it, but I needed to end the situation, and I just didn't know where to start and i really I got physically stuck on the couch physically mm. i couldn't like function and it wasn't depression it wasn't like oh, I was sad and crying i I just couldn't move i couldn't like start and then I ended up just like watching Netflix all day, and then I had to forgive myself for doing mm-hmm. that and saying like it's okay that I did that, but reaching out to friends and and you know leaving you voice messages and and speaking the words that's why the the uh podcast is so important to me is because it lets me speak the words and then going to therapy um you know just it's almost like what i'm talking about like pushing the air out um when you're feeling you know anxious it, speaking the words is still expelling that into the world into the universe and that is the best defense against like feeling crappy is talking about it and having those people and reaching out to people. And, um, you know, it, it's everything to have people to reach out to and just ask for help. They don't know that you need help if you don't ask for it and not even help, but just having a conversation. Like, you know, leave a voice message for somebody or, you know, send them a text, like, you know what, I am freaking out and I just need you to talk me off the ledge or whatever. And I'm going to tell you that nine times out of 10, either your friend feels the same way, or they are going to be willing to talk to you for 10, 15 minutes. I I think people need to remember they're not burdening, burdening, (laughs) they're not placing (laughs) themselves as a
1: burden onto
0: friends.
2: What, what about
1: people who don't feel like they have that? I will say I have a couple of yeah. very close friends who um, have various uh, mental health issues that are recurring. And I, I sometimes, because I really try to pay attention, I will notice a, chi- a, a shift in our communication or whatever. Yeah. And so I will reach out with the people that I know because I've known some of these people for years But in in like one specific case, uh, a really good friend of mine went off the grid and wouldn't even respond to me and then would like, would not reach out either because she feels so much like she is the burden, even though when she's in, not in that place, logically she can process that she's not a burden. So are there, is there any tip, is there a tip or a trick that exists that when people I mean, I've even gotten into a space where I'm like, there's no way I'm going to tell someone that I am in this bad of a headspace. Yes. And so I will rely on myself or, uh, for that relief or just yes. sometimes truthfully letting myself wallow or yes. do the, the watch a movie or binge or whatever for a minute. Exactly. And I don't yeah. know, I, maybe there is not an, a, a, an actual answer to that other than yeah. the more we talk about it, I would hope. Would shift it so that people could go. Yeah, I'm in a super not good place. Right. I don't know. So I, I've been asked a question. question there?
0: I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 I totally. I just waiting for you to finish. Really. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's two things. There's the the friend on on one side, and then the person maybe struggling a little bit to to find you know w- what to do. And I, what I say to people. um when they say, hey, what do I do for a friend that's really, you know, obviously struggling and there comes a point where you have to just say, there's nothing more I can do. I have, uh, you know, given myself up and, and said I can help and, and you know, whatever you need, but it really is up to them. It is up to them to, to take action. And if they still can't get past that, um, hopefully, they will, you know, listen to something or read something or something will speak to them that will help them, you know, in the confines of their own bubble, their own space where they don't have to reach out to someone and be embarrassed. And there is definitely a stigma. Um, And so the other piece of it is therapy. Um, And we, I talk about therapy all the time. I go to therapy once a week Uh, even when I'm not quite presenting with all of the symptoms that go along with the diagnoses I've been given, because it isn't a full-time, every day, all day thing. When you are dealing with it and living with it, you don't really present with a lot of that stuff. I still have anxiety attacks and and certain things, but I still go to therapy. At this point, she's like a a business coach. (laughs) We talk about everything. And I think that it's nice because of her, my therapist, um, you know, education and her, that's what she's there for. And so I've actually started using, um, a, a system called better help. And mm-hmm. that is a, an app and it's online and you can, you just sign up and we can actually, I can give you the link, um, to mm-hmm. give your listeners, but it's awesome because then they, they match you with a, therapist you can text them any time of day 24/7 um i think is great there is a better help teen and that's completely anonymous um and and completely separate they you know can't talk to you about what they talk to your teen about there's a, you know couples one there's all kinds of stuff and the greatest thing about online therapy is that it's all the time you know i only see my therapist in town once a week for you know at her place, well, now we do it online, but this is for real licensed counselors, licensed therapists that you can speak to, and it's totally private. So, there's whenever anybody asks, like, what can I do? Like, what is there out there to do? There, I always have an answer that I think that's the biggest thing is there, it's not a lost cause because yeah. all of us deal with mental health issues all of us. It's just to what degree.
2: So
1: just reach out. Yeah. That's so good. Um, do you notice, I mean, how much do you have your finger on the pulse of like, do you listen to other podcasts about mental health? Do you, do you listen to or watch shows or read things like, where do you keep yourself updated about, um, the goings on or do you, do you focus, maybe hone in more on what are personal stories to share? What are personal um, connections that break it down maybe to a more attainable level instead of maybe sometimes with the the news and the way things are reported, it can feel a lot more daunting. Yes. Um, I don't, I know there was a couple of things in there, but no, no, I, I,
0: I think it all goes together. Like ready go. Uh, (laughs) Um, I think that there's definitely an, a sensory overload piece to this. Um, I, I don't really listen to other, and here's why, because we all have very different perspectives, all of the different, like mental health podcasts. There aren't very many, of course, because of stigma. Um, and your listeners should know that I did change the name of the podcast to disrupting stigma. And, you know, we still, I still talk about the mental illness thing, but there, right now there's a lot of it where I'm talking about, you know, this idea that we need to keep talking about it and, and keep getting in front of it. But the, there's just so much out there. And what I've, what I've been sort of saying from the beginning is you've got to find what works for you, whether it's medication or whether it's a therapist or whether it's, you know, whatever you listen to, you have to find what works for you. And so not all mental health podcasts or platforms are created equally you know i know right now i like the fact that lady gaga is out there talking about her struggles but her her stuff is very different than my story and very different from other people's stories and i do know that there's some very popular mental health podcasts that are very graphic and that can cause a traumatic you know um you know can cause the trauma, because you're listening to someone else's very graphic story. And I mm. think that's just not for me. And that's mm-hmm. not how I approach this type of thing. So yeah. I'm not necessarily, sometimes I will find articles, this last, my last episode or most recent is called Pandemic Adjustment. And I talk about adjustment disorder. And I did read an article that I found that I thought really helped. Um, because I I sometimes feel like you know, I can talk for an hour just about my stories, but I do want to give information to listeners about what things really mean. Um, Usually it's from something like Psychology Today, which is the scientific journal for psychology. So I guess the the answer is I do try to keep, you know, a feel for everything, but it really comes from my own experience. Like what I've realized, all this self-awareness that happens for me, I just kind of, Give that to the listeners and hopefully it's enough, but you do have to find what's right for you. Yeah. Or else yeah. it's just so much, so much
1: coming at you at all times. Oh, absolutely. Um, when you talk about like um I guess I'm trying to think where I want to pivot this to. If you are to like see what the grand picture is of what what you want to serve the the world in this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Breaking down the stigma and addressing it in the very personal, raw way that you do, um, like where in this moment, while things are a little bit in disarray in the world, we talked before we started recording about how this is sort of like a good, a really good time to recalibrate and and decide how do we want to approach business and the world and personal things, and really seeing this as something that is a bit of uh, a blessing for lack yeah. of a, a different word for it. But I kind of feel like the world is experiencing what a lot of us experience inside our own brains sometimes yeah. with so yeah. much going on, with all these expectations that are either supposedly yeah. put on us or put on right by outside sources or by ourselves. But I'm, I'm a massive lover of metaphors. And so as all of this is happening, it just, to me feels like, this magnified version of what each of us kind of experience on our own level. And so I guess I want to just wrap up our segment with something along the lines of what have you been observing for yourself in this space of what you, um, how it's affecting the, the mental health, uh, dialogue of ways that this could be something potentially very proactive. Um, and just any general thoughts that have kind of, I definitely do health. look at something like this
0: as as a blessing, and um I feel like I have a I have a good foundation of talking about things that are a little um, controversial, which saying that a pandemic is a blessing probably doesn't make me any friends. but <laughs> if we put it into context, you know there there's definitely a pivot. There's definitely like a a paradigm shift that those words keep coming up. but in terms of the mental health all of a sudden everybody's talking about being anxious all of a sudden everyone's talking about you know cabin fever and, and being depressed and it, i'm so sorry that that's happening but it's it's not it's not creating the depre- like it's not creating the issue the issue's always been there it's just that now it's at such an extreme i believe that it's it's cracking people open and yeah, saying and we're forced to look at we're it we're forced to look at it we're forced to say this is happening or, or I need, I need help. I mean, when, when you see it all over social media Um, and like I said, now the, the zoom calls, we're seeing that people need human interaction, whether it's digital or not. And you brought up like the business part of things, you know, there was a minute there where I felt really guilty because my business, my, you know, is, is digital. And um, you know, I don't have a break in business. I didn't have to shut, you know, shutter doors. Um, I, I can, I can do all of my web development and all my stuff online and over zoom and all that stuff. And you cannot feel guilty. I've had to, again, forgive myself for that and say, I'm just very, very blessed that that's what I do, but who knows what if it was the opposite and all of a sudden the internet went down and I couldn't do my job, you know, like yeah. we just have to really stop and realize that there's always going to be a silver lining. We're all going to be okay. We just need each other. We just need each
1: other. Oh, I love it. What a beautiful way to tie a pretty little bow on this package. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to be on this. Anything for you. Anything for you. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. I'm gonna hold you to that. Anything you need really within reason, won't. girl. Well, you said anything a moment ago, so that's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Kay. keep doing what you're doing. You're super awesome, and I always appreciate you um, just doing what you do to help bring sparks of hope and light and uh, goofiness and sassiness into. Ah, it.
3: keep it up.
1: Yes, I will. Okay, up next is the physical health segment, which not surprisingly uh, does have some thoughts around how important it is that we start our game plan inside our heads. The guest I have for this section is Carly Young. She is the owner of Heart and Core Training Studio. You can find it on Facebook, and she is doing daily free trainings via live stream. You can jump on either at 9am mountain time or watch the replay anytime you want. All different types of training uh, and with modifications if you're a newbie uh, or it'll really push you no matter what level you are at. And she is someone that I have really admired uh, in the way that she runs her business and just the energy she puts out into the world. It is incredibly inspiring and I hope you enjoy this segment by my friend Carly Young. My guest here talking about our physical well-being and nutritional health is Carly Young, who is an amazing personal trainer and is one of the types of people you would want to follow on social media and be around in person when you can, uh, because she (laughs) is inspiring and motivating and just a pure delight. So welcome to the show, Carly. How are you doing?
3: Thanks, Megan. Doing good. Thanks, babe. Hanging in there. What's crazy going on right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you actually have a gym and so the gym itself is closed right now. Correct? Close.
3: Yeah. And I think, um, last time I saw clients was a week ago, actually last Thursday. And yeah. I think it was a couple days before that, even that I was really getting that intuitive hit that, mm-hmm. um, that we were going to be closing and really wanted to keep my clients safe and myself safe. Um, and so, yeah, I've been closed since last Thursday. So
1: closed technically in that physical sense, but you're pivoting in some really impressive ways with what I've seen you doing online and being Thank able to you. take advantage of the virtual space. How has that been for you and what has been a, a process for you to still be available to clients and beyond?
3: I think that was the most important thing to me, was trying to figure out what I could do to be there for the people that needed it, to keep them on track, to keep them inspired, and to show them what is possible. Because when something like this happens, what we're being told is what we can't do, right? You can't go to work, you can't gather, you can't this, can't that, can't go to the gym. And so people start to really have these blockers. And they need an outlet and they need someone saying, no, here's what's real. Like you can work out anywhere. Um, and so that's, that's what I wanted to do.
1: What are you noticing? If any, I mean, what's the response? How has the engagement been from the people in, in your space? You're pretty active online anyway. And I very greatly respect that. Thanks. Are you noticing any shifts of
3: awareness or um, I am. what the response yeah. is? noticing new people following the gym. I'm noticing people thanking me and being appreciative for putting out workouts just to guide them through. I mean, I'm kicking my own ass because I'm telling you what, when I'm on camera and I'm doing a live workout for you guys, it definitely even holds me accountable. So it's been really helpful for me. I was saying this morning, it's kind of been my saving grace to know that I'm getting up. I'm showering, I'm getting ready, and I'm doing something to not only help other people, but still keep a routine for myself. Yeah. Um, and it's been really awesome. So I'm doing live workouts every day at 9 a.m. for those people that can follow along. Yeah. And, um, and if you aren't following along at 9, you can watch it at any other time and work out. I just started yeah. thinking about you asked me like what the engagement was and, you know, I, I get to say hi to people. I don't get to see them, but I get to say hi to them. Um, yeah. when, as I'm seeing them log on and saying hi to kiddos that I know that are in the room that I'm missing, that I would mm-hmm. be seeing on a weekly basis. And so that's, that is sad, but also I know that I'm going to see them again. So yeah.
1: right on. Yeah. How important is the routine component, in your opinion, to physical health? Huge.
3: I think it is huge for mental health, which leads to that physical health, because you are what you tell yourself. And um, if you are not in a routine and we notice this with kids summertime spring break if there's not a semblance of routine then all of a sudden it's been three days and you don't know what day it is and I've heard people joking about that throughout this um, quarantine or stay home is that you know they don't even know what day it is and they're joking about being in their pajamas or you know making a trip to the to the living room and I'm definitely one for jokes, all in good fun. But I'm going to tell you that for your mental, um, for your mental awareness, and for your fortitude, and to be able to just overcome this stuff, get up, have sure. a routine, get ready, um, do a workout. You know, set set some things that you want to do for the day. Because if not, pretty soon it's going to be April 15th, and you're going to be like. Oh my gosh, what did I do? Yeah. What did I get done? So with the world kind
1: of being on lockdown, what are some tips um, that you can recommend for people when they are going to the grocery store for their essentials? Um, like what, Or are there some strategies for making sure that we're keeping the best things ah. on hand for ourselves and our families?
3: Yes, whole nutrient-dense foods. And when I say that, I mean really try and shop the exterior portion of your grocery store. Stay out of the aisles as much as possible. Um, And so look at those um, whole grains and vegetables, colorful plate, fruits. And if you're having a hard time finding that stuff, you guys, at your local grocery store, check out the local fruit and veggie stands. We have some amazing local produce. uh, And that's what I recommend. Really eating good foods because that will also keep your micronutrients up, which is going to be great for cognitive function. It's going to help you to stay less anxious, less depressed. You're not going to be eating a bunch of sugar and processed foods.
1: Yeah, great. Um, When you're talking about actual workouts and stuff, the ones that you facilitate, are they, let's talk about like skill level. Is this something anyone can (laughs) jump into or is it like, Third. Your own adventure. How do you encourage people who maybe maybe some people have not even really been in a routine at all? And they're thinking, oh well, no time oh, better this. than the present when I'm trapped. Absolutely.
3: In the house. I think that's my that would be my biggest piece of advice is if you haven't been in a routine, then just start. And that's usually the hardest part is starting. And so just push the button, watch the video get involved. I always do modifications. So I'm showing how you can do it at home, how you can do it with no equipment, how you can add a band or dumbbells or cans of food. If that's Mm -hmm. what you have, Mm -hmm. just move. Um, And like I said, if the workout that we're doing that day isn't something that you can do, go watch some of the other ones, just do something. Sure. I think that's the most important thing. Get those healthy endorphins flowing, you know, get that blood flow going. You're going to feel better.
1: Yeah. Well, and of course, I think we're still being encouraged to go outside and like, yes, maybe people could grab their phone and take the workout with them onto the yard. I don't know that. How is that something that is actually beneficial from the physical standpoint while, I mean, whether I guess we're working out or not, but. How vital is that, in your opinion, to get out into the, uh, well, the outside?
3: I think stepping outside is so important every day, getting some sunlight, getting grounded. I love to put my feet in the grass. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's something to be said about that energy and how calming it can be. Um, breathing the air and just really taking it all in and I think you were right when you were saying earlier and I don't know if you were recording but about how um, you know part of the things we can be grateful for in all of this crazy stuff happening is that we're slowing down and we're appreciating more and so you have the time go outside get a walk in take some deep breaths yeah yeah Yeah. do you have any like (laughs)
1: special nuggets that have been on your mind lately that are your go-to tips that anybody can just start today? I mean, besides Yeah, that.
3: routine. Routine. And really what I notice is we always, our brain wants to protect us. It's going to tell us how to stay safe. It's going to tell us what we can't do. So remind yourself what you can do. Take control of what you can control when everything else seems out of control. Right yeah. There's so many things right now that are out of our control. You can control your nutrition. You can take time to eat well. You can take time to move. Um, and we also create stories in our head about what things mean. And I was just talking to a client yesterday and I said, if you're going to make up a story in your head, make up the best one. Yeah. So every morning I suggested to her. And so I'll tell you and your listeners right now, every morning, start your day with three things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. And then every night I told her to write down three things that were positive that happened in her day. I love it. Because when you start to notice those and you start to become grateful, that's how that energy works. And it's going to come right back around full circle because you've got to appreciate what you have.
1: For sure. Totally agree. Um, so before we wrap up here, where can people find your, well, find you, find your daily workouts? Is it a Facebook group, a Facebook page, your website? Where, where can we find you?
3: We're doing the daily workouts on the Heart and Core Training Studio page on Facebook. Okay. And I'm trying to, I've saved them, I'm trying to download them to like IGTV because I can't go live on both. Oh, right. Um, I've been say I've been sharing them to my Facebook page. Also, um, you can find me at Carly Young fit on Instagram, Carly Young for my personal or my athlete page on Facebook. And those are linked to the heart and core training studio page as awesome. well. I'll
1: make sure and include those links on the post so that everybody hopefully can find you nice and easily and
3: get involved. Yeah, join and in. you get join their bodies in.
1: moving and Is having your kids fun. Working it, out with us. Yeah, I mean, this is just a teeny little taste. I, these are just little snippets of people that, of course, I really admire. Um, and so I strongly encourage any of my listeners, wherever you are, uh, that's the beauty of the, con- like the connectivity we have in the world to just get on a device in our hand and stay connected. like It does not have to be a scary time. This could be a really good opportunity to step into some new connections, some inspiration and, and take good care of our bodies along the way.
3: Yeah. I'm so glad that we have this so that I can see your face. Thanks Uh, so much for having me. Yeah.
1: We'll keep at it and we will be in touch. Thank you so much.
3: Okay. Talk soon.
1: Okay, and bringing it back around for this final segment, it's coming back to Angela London, who I mentioned at the top of the show. She is the owner of London Wellness Solutions. Uh, When I was first introduced to her, I kind of expected that I was just going to be getting a massage. And it turns out that the way that she infuses uh, essentially connection to our highest sense of self and well-being with the nature of a massage is pretty much the most mind-blowing and perhaps one of the most transformative experiences that I have had in my own life. And I always enjoy um, the time I get to utilize her services and interact with her um, just to hear the thoughts and the depth around this experience that we have in life right now. So for this section, um, in the spirit, in the element of the spiritual side of our being, it really is so much more than that. Um, However, my interactions with her always really make me feel uh, as light and floaty inside my own person as possibly anyone else ever does. Uh, And so it definitely fits the bill um, to bring it home with our mind, body, and spirit segment. So please enjoy the segment by my friend, Angela London. So you work a lot in the energy field. I mean, that almost sounds like like the force field of global energy. But seriously, like that's your whole scope of work is helping people to navigate through their energy, um, the things that our body tells us. And for a lot of people that translates probably to some sort of spiritual connection type things. What are you noticing from what is going on right now? Like, the the vibe of the planet, how that's translating to us as individuals. I kind of just want to start there with what are your what are you generally observing um in the energetic space right now?
2: That's a really good question. Um because I'm so attuned to our relationship with our bodies and our sense of self care my perspective is, is definitely geared less to the global overall pulse and more to how are we perceiving ourselves Mm. in the face of all of this pandemonium. I mean, really it's, it's a theater right now playing in front of us. And, um, in a lot of ways, it's a lot like, um, when you have your improv and people can voluntarily jump in mm-hmm. to participate or they can sit back and observe. And they have the, the flexibility within this game to hop on board and get as theatrical as they, they want um, or they have the opportunity to sit back and observe or, or go to a neutral place Others um, are are certainly disassociating and giving themselves permission to take a much-needed break Mm. um, from from themselves and their lives and all of the noise that we've all been operating on. Um, There's, as far as the body, what I'm seeing with my clients in particular um, is a wake-up to what kind of relationship they have with themselves. Mm-hmm. They're isolated in their homes, and they're seeking ways to escape, um, to, to plug in. Uh, and, and they've got all this extra time on their hands. And so suddenly, the if-then bargaining that we do if i ever lose weight then i'll wear the bikini if i go to the gym then i'll be able to get that raise i mean whatever the the if then is Mm -hmm. we're all being given the opportunity to actually take action with the if and allow the then to come up and many people are recognizing that their idea of what then looks like is an absolute illusion it's not Uh, real. mm. It's not real. If I lose all the weight, then I'll wear the bikini. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. The, the, the mind and the body and the spirit have to fall in love with self. And until that happens, all of us are going to be seeking, um, ways to escape, to, to numb out, to neutralize, because it's really uncomfortable to, come face to face with yourself and to recognize, wow, maybe the marriage I have isn't what I thought it was. Maybe my job isn't so great. Um, maybe what I thought was secure is all very dependent on the breeze and mm-hmm. and the current.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: And so that lack of control is manifesting in a big way within people's bodies.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of sounds scary a little bit to have the, um, this opportunity to kind of look at our lives really closely, sort of forced upon us. Um, So it's really interesting to kind of hear it from that angle. Um, What, what are some general, like, is there a way to become more aware of of how we're even coping? Like, how how is it actually affecting? Like, I know I've heard sayings about, like, if you don't take time for self-care and taking care of your body and being healthy, then you will get sick and your body will slow you down. And essentially, sure. that's kind of what life is doing as a whole right now, for better or worse. But it, I don't know how much how like how freely people can actually step into a true awareness of the kind of the powerful position we're really all in at the moment for those that
2: see and even recognize there's going to be half the population isn't even going to recognize the the homing call that says start getting curious for, the, for those of us that are like, oh my God, some things need to change, that awareness is what opens the door. And then just sitting with, why? Asking why. Why do I believe what I believe? Is this a truth? And revisiting, what if everything I thought was truth and right is actually the lie and not working? Mm -hmm. what if everything I believe is wrong then what where does that leave me where does that leave my relationships and what I believe about who I am and 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 how I fit in this this dance of of human experience a lot of people are are facing their need for control We've been a society so wrapped up in controlling our environments, our homes. We have our systems in place so that we can operate on autopilot. Um, And this interrupts that in such a profound and total way. Mm. Uh, Suddenly we're, we're locked in a home with the people that we've chosen and we don't get to get away. We don't get yeah. to go to work. We don't get to go to school. Um, and we're left having to face and have other people see us for the truth of us. Uh, if, if, if an individual drinks in order to numb themselves out or if, if they, maybe they're a food person and they're carbon up right now, a lot of our coping mechanisms and our mm-hmm. autopilots are gonna be really obvious to us as we continue in this steeping of isolation Um, and as as other people in our environment mirror to us the irritation of that and the frustration of that we're given the opportunity to look at it and go huh is this actually working for me and if it is is there anything in it that I can improve and if it's not working for me what would I like to see different what would I like to know in, instead? The body will manifest in food cravings right now, um, binging on any number of things, um, uh-huh. constant sleeping. We can binge on our own anxiety and we can work ourselves up into an emotional frenzy of, oh my God, the sky is falling and Ooh, act as little.
1: Yeah,
2: um, And it is a way for us to cope in the face of, trying to to come to a place of understanding what is it that we have such a strong need to have control Mm. and breaking open the illusion that we have control that our routines are a control it's all just everybody's in agreement to play the game a certain way well now it's not that way and and we're all in each you know our families we're up in each other's faces um or we're in total isolation um for my clients that are single um widowed elderly um their loss of those crutches that that allow them to dismiss the internal dialogue Mm. and and now we're 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 beginning to start really hearing the truth behind the stories that we tell ourselves about the world about ourselves about the people that are in it and they're all coming into question to some degree and if we simply ask why if we give ourselves permission instead of instead of to hold judgment but to take the frustration and turn it into fascination and go huh this is really interesting why do i feel this way where does it come from how old do i feel um i mean in my work a lot of our stories are really deeply rooted in some sort of experience that we had in our lifetime and Mm -hmm. it's very deeply connected to a specific age uh and the story within that age and it's part of the development the understanding at that time uh a father who's super busy and under a great deal of pressure may dismiss a six-year-old who's desperately trying to get her father's attention for him to see her and just give her a few minutes to ooh and ah over her budding artistic talent. Mm -hmm. It's not his intention to shut her down, yet her repeated attempts at his attention in a day could be all that it takes for her to take that that experience of being told no and turn it into i'm not a good artist i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. i'm not loved like each of us takes our experiences and we create these stories and then we play them out until we create resolution and some of them really work for us um i'm not good at math really helped me to avoid careers in the math profession (laughs) uh but it really interferes when I sit down and I'm balancing my checkbook. So I am invited in the frustration of repeated financial conundrums, Mm -hmm. my my reality, I keep creating this story wall that I hit and the story Mm -hmm. is I'm terrible at math. But the truth is, is that I believe that story at a time in my life when multiplication, my brain didn't, didn't have the wires set up to be able to see what was in front of me and go, oh yeah, I get it. And it took me years to get to where that made any sense. So I adopted the story that I'm terrible at math and I perpetuated it and then move into my forties. And I'm like, man, I really am terrible at math and I am dealing with consequences Mm. that really are painful. Do I really want to continue to perpetuate this story that I'm bad at math? Hell no. I don't want to have another bounce check. I don't want to have another service fee. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be robbing Peter to pay Paul anymore. I'm a grown woman and I want to be able to have control over that. So yeah. Am I ready to let go of the story? Am I ready to maybe look at it and go, hmm, it's okay to have my moments where I struggle with math, but I am a work in progress. I am expanding my math skills. I'm great at math and I have days that it really eludes me, right? Mm. I can still have a story about math. I'm not denying that I struggled as a child with a concept I'm acknowledging I really struggled at one point and now I'm so grateful for all the experiences that have guided me to being really good with my math. Yeah. I'm extra cautious when I sit down to balance my checkbook.
1: Yeah. I love it. And it. You're so introspective. Like not enough people probably dive into this space. Like these sort of things that you explain seem kind of like a no brainer to those who like really want to continue improving and unpack the things that are weighing us down so that we can move forward in our life's journey with a little bit more effectiveness. Um, And I like to assume that the people that are listening to this podcast or really any podcast are the type of people that are hungry for more information, to learn other people's perspectives, to try to adopt different principles that they might stumble upon. Um, What, or do you have like um, a a tip or two or a a mindset uh, tool that, is something that you could recommend to somebody to help put some of those things into play? Like the way you speak about it, and of course like I'm, I fully subscribe to the methodology that you live by with like really facing sometimes some uncomfortable things from my past to re- rewrite stories going forward and so on. Um, maybe if people have not been so um, proactive in that space, what could we recommend for them to start making those shifts to allow themselves to engage in the manner that you now so fluidly live and perceive the world there's some cliche quotes if it's meant to be it's up to me
2: um coming to a place of understanding that everything everything i experience is a direct reflection of something that I'm creating and in, in order to accept that, in order to perceive that, you, it starts with a curiosity. It starts with, with instead, of, instead of saying I am a victim and whatever happens is happening to me, mm-hmm. it goes from that the shift of I am here and, and a jellyfish in this life and the current will take me wherever it goes to I, I, have, I have choice, I have conscious capacity, and I get to choose. What do I want to choose in this experience? It, it comes down to personal accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, the only, the only thing I have the power to change, so recognizing the only thing that I can actually do anything about is me yeah I can't change the car accident, but I can change my experience of it. Mm-hmm. I can't change childhood abuse, but i can I can change how I tell the story to myself and if I'm going to choose to stay in a place of being victimized by my story mm-hmm. and 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 staying stuck in the pain yeah, not all of us are here to to dive deeply for every single one of us that's here to really expand our own personal awareness and, and step into personal growth. There has to be another soul out there that's equally present in simply being the mirror of our opposite. Mm. We have a culture that, that is all about, Ooh, shame on the narcissist and, uh, and Oh, the poor, uh, empath. Mm -hmm. Um, but we need the narcissist. The narcissist teach the empath to step into a little bit more narcissism Mm
3: -hmm. and, and
2: create self-awareness. The empath reflects to the narcissist to step into compassion, external compassion. There's balance in all of it. So for the people that, that, that may hear this and are like, ah, it's all poppycock. That's okay. They can, they can hold that place because they're, existence is the exact embodiment that I'm going to have to come up against in order to learn about me. Mm -hmm. I need the narcissist in my life in order to help me recognize how to take better care of me and act accordingly to what I'm here to do most in this life, which is as, as a healer, as an empath myself, it's all about personal mastery. Uh, Mm. There isn't an empath that I've ever met that isn't here to expand and heal themselves. And they take that journey and they share it with the rest of the world.
1: Mm. That's so good.
2: So, So good. So for, for someone who's just, just beginning, it's, it's the seed that comes in that gets planted in the core of us that says, it's not supposed to be this way i am worthy of more mm. and then and then it's the curiosity of what is more what does that look like what is it that i want to experience in this life because the the 4 carat diamond ring and the fancy home with the fancy car may look like a great family marriage life experience but the truth of it Maybe be that the players that are in that theater playing out that life are slaves to, mm. to that story. Yeah. And just simply by asking why, why do I do the things I do? Why do the people around me do the things they do? Taking that frustration and moving it to fascination. And then the other part of it that, I have found is super important as I have aged is the most important person for me to listen to is myself Mm -hmm. the sooner I give myself permission to trust my intuition and my intuition isn't always right sometimes it's wrong for the very gift of the lesson that I'm there to learn in order to gain the wisdom to increase my sense of trust in my intuition Mm. I have to fall sometimes in order to learn how to get up that's the gift of this life in in my experience is we're all here to play out a role and we get to determine with every day that we're blessed that we get to wake up do we get to do we, do we choose to be the victim? Do we choose to be the hero? Do we be the rescuer? We get to try on all of these different things and none of them are wrong. Yeah. Each of them is the exact perfect choice in that moment. I have had to choose consciously or not to be a very painful person in the life of some people i've Mm. had to hold up the uh, the the place of this doesn't feel good i get to be the villain on occasion it doesn't mean that i'm going to indulge in it but i recognize that sometimes i am the villain to the life of another Mm. Um, and and it's part of their growth And it comes not from a place of, I want to intentionally hurt or, or distract. It comes from my own desire to expand my own sense of self. Yeah. For example, when I was, um, in my second marriage, I have had such a thirst for understanding why I do the things I do. Who am I? And what am I here for? That it's been relentless. And my ex-husband, when we would argue and friction would occur, he often would say, when is it ever going to be good enough? And I struggled within myself to see his position because I never applied my expectation of that pursuit within myself over to him just by sheer proxy, my relentlessness within me left him feeling a judgment, a perception that I judged him as not being enough, not digging deep enough, not seeking enough. And so the poor guy never ever felt like it was okay for him to be him because Mm -hmm. all he saw of me was that it wasn't okay for me to be me or be still. Mm. So it was miserable, it was miserable. And I was, in his experience, manipulative and, and relentless and, and looking at that in hindsight, of course he would feel that way. Sure. Because I absolutely was and am even now in such a pursuit of my own personal growth. And awareness my life has been so hard and i have struggled so deeply with so many aspects of this human experience and i've had to choose do i give myself permission to sit with the gross feelings or do i find a way to climb out of that very uncomfortable yucky feeling and thoughts and reality and seek to find joy. And, and, and that's the other part is I have to have Eeyore's and, and, and great uh, adversaries in order to exercise and test. Do I believe what I believe? And do I believe it enough to stand behind it and hold myself sovereign in it? So when someone's struggling with climbing out of their misery, maybe they need to just give themselves permission to really just wallow in it. Like Mm. rather than sit at the edge of resistance, why not really dive into it and look at where does it come from? Why, why did it even show up in my life? What's the truth behind it? Can I, can I, step out of the story long enough to consider that there might be a gift within it, the abuse that I experienced um, at at two and three years of age brought me to a place where all of my greatest intuitive gifts, gifts came from those insults. Mm. I had to have those things happen in my life exactly the way they did when they did. And I had to go through that really F-bombed up existence (laughs) in order to hone in to the skills that really helped me to be able to connect in with another human being and hear the truth of them. What is their truth in the moment? Do they see themselves as a villain? Do they see themselves as broken? Do they see themselves as weak or unwanted or unworthy? And where is the truth in it? Where did it come from? My ability to to hear those stories and to be able to translate comes from those heinous experiences that I hope no one has to go through, but you know what, really, crappy experiences are what we grow from
1: for sure. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyone, anyone who has lived in a bubble does not grow. If they're in an isolated safe bubble and that's their existence, then maybe this lifetime for them is their, I don't know what it's called. Maybe this lifetime for them is their nap
1: in Mm.
2: in experiencing what and whatever we are
1: yeah that's maybe it's
2: their nap time maybe this life is their nap where others are here to really grind it out they're here to really get in there and get dirty get their jersey dirty and and play hard
1: yeah but we have to
2: have the bench warmers we have to have the the drama queens we've got to have every aspect and it has to be okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think when we start giving ourselves permission to be okay with, you know what? This really sucks. And I am in a great deal of pain and, and I'm in depression and and I'm in isolation and loneliness. And and it's from this place that I get to really be with myself in yeah. a way that you know, in a way that most of us are desperately trying to avoid.
1: Yeah. That's so pain good. Is-
2: Pain is an acceptable feeling. Anger is a gift. Anger is, in many ways, the act of love from ourselves when we ourselves are in denial of reality to the truth that we're wanting. Not what we think we need or that we think we should be doing, but the truth of us. Anger is the gift. Anger is the invitation to to go, wait a minute, hold on. I need to revisit this. I need to look at this some more. I need to recognize or seek what's mine and what someone else's. I, I have absolutely no doubt that there are no accidents. And as, as harsh as that can seem in the face of innocent children that may die and, and heinous crimes and, and really crappy outcomes. Every single one of us is here for a reason and we're not an accident and whatever we experience is part of the gift that comes from being here. So if if a person can give themselves permission to even just consider that maybe the most painful stuff in our life is the deepest expression of (laughs) of our higher sense of self, our, our faith, our God, looking at us and saying, you must land on your butt and scrape your nose before you're going to be the amazing gymnast that you don't know that you're headed
1: toward. For sure. So good. Thank you so much. I always love chatting with you and hearing your perspective. It always continues to help me um, formulate my own life strategies and self acceptance and just the wisdom that you carry and the energy behind it is so uh, delightful and pure. So I thank you so much for taking your time to share some, some thoughts and, and story processing. And there's so many good nuggets in there for people to pull from wherever they're really at and, and to truly choose what their next steps are and have that hopefully empowered feeling to do so despite the painfulness that's wrapped around it. So thank you very much for taking time to be on the podcast with me and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. You've always just been such a ray of awesomeness in the world and thank you for the work that you do to serve the individuals that are just doing what they need to to get through life and do it really the best way possible when they're participating fully. I want to give another special thank you to all three of my guests for joining me on this podcast. I had a really good time connecting with them. I hope that you're finding ways to connect with people that you love and who inspire you and that you put some thought into ways that you can be a little bit more confident in your own skin, in your own experience, and understand that you have a lot of power in what you put back out into the world. Um, I, I don't ever take that lightly, and so I want to just always thank people that... Take time to participate in the creation of the I Hardly Know Her podcast and to you, the listener, for carving time out of your life to listen in. I appreciate you so much and I wish you health, happiness, laughter, all sorts of whimsy and maybe reassessment of what is really important in life um, throughout this challenging time uh, that we are all experiencing global. We are in this together and my thoughts of well-wishing and joy are always extended your way. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com.
0: I'm Sean Hancock with recycledmindscomedy.com.